Well, I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Mark. This morning, we will look at Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 34 in a message entitled, Kingdom Math. One of the jokes that uh, we have in the office often as we're talking about numbers for various things, whether it's Sunday morning attendance numbers or kids numbers or working through budget numbers or things like that, our counting team that comes in on Monday morning. One of the things I often say is maths is hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes math is not the easiest thing in the world. And I always find it interesting that kids echo this reality. And so I want you to pay attention to the screen this morning. Let's work a little bit together as we consider this math problem. So just work with me on this. It says... Bobby has four dimes, which means Bobby's broke. (laughs) But Bobby has four dimes. Amy has 30 pennies. Which child has more money? It's not a trick question. Bobby has more money. How many of you said Bobby in your heart and in your mind? Good job. You got that right. How many of you didn't? You need to go back to second grade. All right. But here's the follow-up question. I love this one. How do you know, show your thinking? I don't know how you show your thinking, but the student responded. (laughs) Isn't that perfect? I mean, that's just real. I hope, I really sincerely hope that that math teacher gave that student an A on that because that's perfect. You know, it's interesting when uh, you think about math. Uh, Usually, we're talking about concrete ideas, concrete concepts. And yet this morning, as we come to Scripture, as we think about math, not in the concrete way, but math in God's kingdom, how does it function? And what we're going to see Jesus do through a parable, through multiple parables, is unpack this idea. How does the kingdom of God grow? What is the math equation necessary to experience growth, not only in our lives individually, but collectively as a church family? And then if we spread it out throughout the world as followers of Jesus, how do we see the kingdom of God grow? As we look at Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 34 this morning, I want you to know there's some parallel passages that I would encourage you in your time with the Lord to spend some time this week reading through those. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23, and then chapter 13, verses 31 through 32, and then Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 17. 
parallel passages that run along the same lines as what we read in Mark's gospel account. A little bit of additional detail in some of those passages, and so I'd encourage you in your time with the Lord to work through those. I want to read for us Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 and initially through verse 20 together this morning. This is God's Word. Again, He began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones Along the path where the word is sown, when they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. You're taking notes this morning. I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together as we consider these verses in Mark chapter 4. It's this truth, 
We are called to faithfully proclaim the gospel and totally depend on God to transform lives. If you look at the math equation for the kingdom of God, this is it. We are called, our responsibility is to faithfully proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you see in the text, to scatter that seed everywhere. And then to totally depend on God to transform people's lives. We're going to see this play out in the text this morning, and as we prepare to do that, what I want you to know is that the first three chapters in Mark's gospel, we entitled the series through those first three chapters, Who is this man? Who is Jesus as he comes onto the scene? The reminder for us continuing through Mark's gospel is that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior, our only hope to be forgiven of our sins, and he is the Son of God. The spotlight has been on Jesus those past three chapters, and now what we're going to see as we pick up in chapter four and go almost through chapter eight, we're going to see something shift a little bit. It's not that the spotlight's not on Jesus, but we're going to see Jesus begin to do two things. Jesus is going to begin to teach, and he's going to do that in parables, And then we're going to see Jesus continue to perform miracles in power, giving credence to the fact that he is the Son of God. He is the Savior. And so this series through those chapters is entitled Parables and Power. I want you to look at this quote from Warren Wiersbe as we think about the parables that Jesus is about to unload on us moving through this, I think this is super helpful for us to consider. This is what Wearsby writes, a parable begins innocently as a picture that arrests our attention and arouses our interest. So that's where it begins. It begins as this picture. It begins with Jesus saying things like, there was a farmer who went to plant seed. Jesus uses common everyday things that the people would have been familiar with, and as he begins to teach, he uses that as an illustration to grab their attention, and he paints this picture for them. But as we study the picture, Wearsby says, it becomes a mirror in which we suddenly see ourselves. As we look at this picture, we begin to look deeper and realize that it has something to say about us. It exposes who we are. It exposes what we think. It exposes how we're tempted to to respond in certain situations. And then he says, if we continue to look by faith, the mirror with which we see ourselves becomes a window through which we see God and his truth. As we walk through the parables together in this series, through these chapters, I want you to keep that on the forefront of your mind. As we look, beginning in verse 1 through verse 25, we will read 21 through 25 here in just a little bit, but the text that we read leading up to this 
Jesus is going to begin to teach, and he's going to use a parable. And as you notice, I want you to write down faithful proclamation, verses 1 through 25, because as we looked at the main idea, this is our responsibility in kingdom math equation where we experience growth, where we experience lives that are transformed. Notice in verses 1 through 9, Jesus describes this scene. He says, a sower went out and scattered seed. So just pick this in your mind. This would have been something very popular that they would have understood at their day. The the sower goes out and he just begins scattering seed around. And Jesus notes that some of that seed fell along the path. That was trampled down area. And he says, immediately the birds came and devoured the seed. And he said, some fell on rocky ground. He says, the soil there is not very deep, but, but it springs up quickly. But as soon as the sun comes up, it scorches it and kills that seed that has sprouted. And then he describes a third soil. He says it's thorny. And he says that it ends up choking out the seed as it begins to grow. It doesn't bear any fruit. And then he says that there's a fourth soil. He describes it as good soil, that when the seed is scattered on it, it actually grows and it produces a harvest. You see the image there of the soils that Jesus describes, the path, the rocky ground, the thorns, the good soil. On the back end of that, in verses 10 through 20, it's funny because he was alone with those that were following him, and, and they said, we don't, we don't get that. We don't understand. We don't know what that was all about. We are kind of missing the punchline of the story. We don't understand it. And if you remember in verse 9, Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Just, just for you to know, after I read the scripture and I pray, if you have been here for any length of time, it's the same prayer week after week after week after week. But that's on purpose Because we desperately need the Lord to work in us to open our eyes and to open our ears and to open our hearts to his word. It doesn't just magically happen in our lives. We need the Lord at work in us. And notice that Jesus said that in verse 9 and then follows to, to begin to unpack this parable for those who are following him. He says to them, to you, it's been given to know the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, and Jesus is not in this moment saying he doesn't want people to hear and to respond, but what he's saying is that they are not interested in hearing and responding. And he says, but for you, you are. And I'm going to to unpack this for you so that you could understand. And so he does that, beginning in verse 13 and walking down through verse 20, he's going to describe the sower and those four types of soil. And he says, the sower sows the word. So now we've moved from 
farming into kingdom mindset. He says the sower represents the person who is going out and sharing God's word, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is just simply living life and scattering seed around God's word, the good news of the gospel. And notice the four types of soil that he describes. He says some of that seed, the the word of God falls along the path. Wearsby calls these people those who are hard-hearted, who are unwilling to receive the, the word of God. And he says, Jesus does, that Satan comes and devours it, takes it away. And that's one group of people. And then you have another group that he describes there as the rocky soil. Wearsby calls these people those who are shallow Hearted. They hear the word of God and maybe initially, emotionally, they respond to it, but, but there's no root. If you grew up going to, to youth camp, you've seen this on display at times. People get into an emotional frenzy about what's proclaimed, but, but then you get back home and it's like nothing ever happened. And that's oftentimes what happens to people who hear God's word. They may initially respond with joy and receive it, and yet there's no root, Jesus says. And so when the sun comes up, when life gets difficult, when persecution arises, it shows the reality that they did not receive the word and bear fruit. And then he describes the fourth soil, the thorny soil, and Wearsby calls this the the person who has a crowded heart. Because notice that Jesus says when the seed falls on that type of soil that, that the thorns choke it out. And Jesus says that it's the people who are more concerned about what the world has to offer, riches and fame and popularity, that, that instead of this seed bearing fruit in their lives, that it absolutely doesn't because they're more concerned about what the world can offer than they are God's word. And then Jesus says there is good soil. That when the seed is scattered on it, it bears fruit. And it's not just a little bit of fruit. In fact, a tenfold amount of fruit born would have been remarkable at this point in history. But notice that Jesus goes, in fact, beyond that and says that there is some that bears 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. As I thought through that this week... It's interesting that this is exactly what happens throughout Jesus' ministry. Remember, we looked at the four groups of people and their response to Jesus last week, and we see here that fleshed out in a parable, that taught in such a way that that they would have been able to, to see that and to understand that. But not only that do we see it play out in Jesus' life, we see that play out in the disciples' lives as well. Because remember, Jesus is about to send them out to proclaim the word of God to the people. Jesus is going to send them out and he's preparing them on the front end. Think about this. How many types of soil are there? 
Let's try that one more time. How many types of soil are there? How many types of soil bear fruit? One. Maths is hard. I know that. But think about it. That's only 25%. Which means as Jesus is preparing his disciples to send them out, he's saying to them, hey, prepare yourself for 75% failure rate. Well, that's not super encouraging. And yet Jesus is helping them understand that that as they go out and as they proclaim the word of God, that that this is going to be the response that they're going to receive. There are going to be some who have no interest whatsoever. They're hard-hearted as the word is proclaimed. There's going to be some who receive it with joy. They're excited, but it's, it's not real. There's going to be some who hear the word of God when it's proclaimed, and yet the cares of this world They're going to choke out the word of God and it flourishing in their lives. And then there's going to be some that are going to receive it and it's going to grow and it's going to flourish and you're going to see fruit from that. I want you to think about that in your own life if you're a follower of Jesus this morning. As you share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with people in your sphere of influence, as you share it with coworkers or neighbors or family members or friends, as you share God's word, it can often grow discouraging to realize people are not responding to what you're sharing. And yet, notice that Jesus says, expect that. Expect that. Don't be surprised when you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone in your day-in, day-out life that they don't respond by faith. Don't be shocked in that if it happens. Now, as you look at that, I just want to press us a bit who are believers who are gathered here together. Because oftentimes, as we listen to God's word, we also respond in those same ways. You may be a follower of Jesus here this morning, but you come in today, whether it's sin that's in your life or something else that's going on, and you came in today hard-hearted. And Pastor Michael is preaching God's word, and Satan is just picking it up out of your life. Some of you are hearing this morning, and you're, you're kind of excited. You're kind of thinking, that this, this sounds good. I, I like what he's preaching. I like what he's communicating. And yet, the reality is, you may get an emotional response this morning. You may be really fired up, but come Monday at 9 a.m., there's nothing there. Maybe you're hearing it this morning, and for you, there are things that are going on in your life, in this world, and as the word is being proclaimed, it's not bearing fruit in your life because those things are occupying your mind right now. You're worried about all of these other things, and God's word is not bearing fruit in your life this morning. But for some, here's the good news this morning for, for me as I think about it. 
maybe 25% of you are actually hearing it. Maybe you're going to respond. Maybe you're going to receive it, and it's going to bear fruit in your life. You know, you could easily grow discouraged when you think about that. And yet, I want you to notice in verse 21 through verse 25 what Jesus says. Again, teaching them through a parable. He said to them, verse 21, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It's interesting to me that on the back end of Jesus talking about these four types of soil, he launches in with this parable about a lamp that is lit. You know, as you think about that, it's interesting that he says in the first part there is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket. Do you light a lamp only to cover it up? And of course, the answer is no. Do you light a lamp and then slide it underneath the bed? Well, no. So in the midst of Jesus having taught them about proclaiming God's word, he says to them, because here's what, here's what could be taken from this. The sower who's sowing the seed needs to think a little more strategically about how they sow seed. Because if they would just simply sow seed on the good soil, they wouldn't waste their time on everybody else. It would bear fruit. Think about that, right? That makes perfect sense, except in God's economy lest we be tempted to, to hold the good news of the gospel just to those that we think are going to respond by faith. Jesus says here, is a lamp lit to be put under a basket? Of course not. Well, what is it meant when it's lit to bring light everywhere? So for us as followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity like the sower to scatter the seed, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you say, Pastor, who should we share that with? Everybody. Everybody. You say, but, but, but everybody's not going to respond by faith and everybody's not going to receive it. Of course they're not. Jesus told us that. But then he says, we let the light shine. We let the light shine in the midst of the darkness. And then he says to his hearers, hey, why don't you check your own heart? If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He says, pay attention to what you hear. Listen to what I'm sharing with you because the measure that you use, your willingness to listen, 
and to respond in action has a huge part in your faithfulness to fulfill the mission that God has given you. Husbands, we get a bad rap every once in a while about not listening well. At least I do. Don't know about you. And Jesus says here, listen to what I'm sharing with you. And then respond. Well, what is that response? It is faithful proclamation of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you are a sower. And your mission in life is to scatter the seed of the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. And you're going to scatter some seed on the path, and they're not going to respond. You're going to scatter some seed in the thorny ground, and they're not going to respond. You're going to scatter it among the rocky ground. They're not going to respond, but you're going to scatter some on the good soil, and it's going to bear fruit. Our part in the mission that God has given us is to faithfully proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Christ has done on behalf of sinners the fact that he is the savior that they desperately need. Listen, you may have come in this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. You are hearing today the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for you. God's word tells us that you are a sinner and you are in desperate need of a savior. You cannot save yourself from your sin. Your only hope is that there is one who has come, who's lived a perfect sinless life, who has taken your sin upon himself, paid the debt that you owed on the cross, and he rose again. There's only one person who's done that, and his name is Jesus. So if you're not yet a follower of Jesus this morning, my hope and my prayer is that you will hear the truth of who Jesus is, and that you will have ears to hear Not just the words coming in, but that it would transform your life. Not only does Jesus call us to faithful proclamation, but he also calls us to total dependence. I want you to notice beginning in verse 26 and going down through verse 34, this is what Mark continues with. And he said, this is Jesus The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle. Because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. 
He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples. He explained everything. Verse 26 through 29, Jesus talks about the farmer and the seed. Goes out, scatters the seed. Notice what happens. Goes to bed and waits. Notice that the farmer's response is, I don't know how it grows. You say, well, how does the seed, like how does it know when you put it in the ground that it needs to go that way as it grows? How does that happen? Farmer doesn't care. God takes care of that. God handles that. God accomplishes that. What's the farmer's responsibility? Sow the seed and wait. And when the harvest is there, to harvest what's grown. And then do what? Sow the seed and what? Wait. You know, it's interesting because we oftentimes, if we're not careful as followers of Jesus, we want to get in God's lane. We want to sow the seed, and then we want to be Holy Spirit Junior in somebody else's life and try to manufacture something in their lives to happen. And yet Jesus says in the midst of this, our responsibility is to sow the seed. Our responsibility is to proclaim the word of God, the good news of the gospel, and then to totally depend on God to bring the harvest, to wait and to watch and to see God at work in people's lives, transforming them. He says in the second parable of the mustard seed, what's the kingdom of God like? Notice in its infancy in this moment, as the gospel of Jesus Christ is just beginning to be proclaimed, and as we'll see throughout Jesus' life and ministry, him continue to proclaim the truth of who he is, we'll see in the book of Acts that, that things actually, in the initial part, shrink to just a really small group of disciples who are followers of Jesus. Like the small seed that you see there, a mustard seed. And yet Jesus says, it's such a small seed. But when it's planted, look at what it grows to be. The same thing is true in the kingdom of God. It's, it's seeds that are planted and we look and we don't think much may come of them. And yet God is at work to bring people to saving faith. So as we think through that, I, I want you to Think about your own life as a follower of Jesus. In light of all of this, in light of kingdom math, what's my job? What's my responsibility as I leave this morning? Scatter seed. Everywhere you go, share the hope that you found in Jesus Christ with other people indiscriminate scattering of the word of God throughout this community. Think about that. And then wait on the Lord to work. And when he does, when you see 
the fruit of authentic faith in people's lives, people being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ that you've shared the gospel with, that we as a church family have shared Christ with who are coming into this group of believers. We sit back and we celebrate and we put all of the spotlight, not on what we've done, but totally on what God has done. Because we're called to faithfully proclaim and then totally depend on him to bring the harvest. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as our worship team makes their way back up? Could be that today you've come in and you are not yet a follower of Jesus. I want you to know that you have been prayed for over the course of this past week, specifically that you would have ears to hear and a heart that was open to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for you this morning, that's the step that you need to take, to turn from your sin and to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Would you take that step this morning? If you've got questions, we would love to, to have a conversation with you. Our pastors will be down front in just a little bit in this time of response, but even after this time of response, find one of us to simply say, I, I need to take that step of trusting Jesus as my Savior. If you're already a follower of Jesus, you have received this morning your marching orders for this week. Scatter the good news of Jesus Christ wherever you go. And maybe for you today, you need to spend some time before the Lord simply asking him to give you the courage and the faith to do what he's called you to do. to give you the ability this morning to solely depend on Him to transform people's lives. Father, we ask this morning that you would use your word and accomplish exactly what you want to accomplish in each of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing? Our pastors are down front. You respond this morning as the Lord leads.